glamorous friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. Today, I am joined by Aman. Hi. Very exciting. And Hedvig. Hello. <laughs> and I'm Joe. And today we're going to talk about Bend It Like Beckham, which is a film that came out in 2002. I guess, I don't know what category of film it's in. It's definitely funny. And there's romance in it. I would say it, it's a comedy. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. And excitingly, this is the first episode we've done where there's been a female director. And not only a female director, she's not white either. Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> so the director, writer and producer is Gurinder Chadha. Yeah. Who, I just learned, was born in Kenya and then raised in London. And her parents are Indian and... I found that particularly interesting because in the film, Jess's dad mentions he grew up in Nairobi and my friends and I were like, Nairobi? That was fun. I'm going to hand over to Armand to do a little explanation of the film for you. So I'm going to try. So, Brenda Like Beckham is about a in- first-generation Indian girl who loves football, but it's not the done thing in an Indian culture. So she has to balance her Indian culture with what she wants and the Western expectations. And so it's a bit of a journey of her experience and how she manages that situation and how her parents deal with it. Thrown in, there's a bit of a sprinkling of an Irish romance within that. So excitingly, there are an awful lot of female characters and mixed in with intersectional characters because the majority of the cast are Indian. So we have Jess, who's our protagonist, the first generation Indian lady, I guess, teenager, who I... It was only through watching it a second time the other day that I realised she was doing her A-levels. Until I watched it, I was like, what does she do? Because it can't (laughs) just be football. I was thinking about that. How old are you when you do your A-levels? Between like 16 and 18, depending on when you're born. Okay. So that's Jess. So we have Jules, who's played by Kira Knightley, and she's the woman who recruits Jess to the football team. We have Pinky, who's Jess's sister. We have Paula, who's Jules' mum. And possibly my least favourite character in the film. Um, we have Mrs. Bamra, who's Jess's mum. And then there are loads and loads of other female characters in it who I haven't bothered to write down. I put Mel, who plays the team captain of the football team. And then we have Mr. Bamra, who's Jess's dad. And Tony, who's, spoilers, her gay best friend in the film, who is both of those characters are Indian. And again, there are loads of other male Indian characters in it, but excitingly there are actually too many characters in it to name for us to talk about which is nice because sometimes we just have like two so those are all of our people now when I watched this the other day I actually forgot to write down if it passed either the female or race Bechdel test I think it passes the female Bechdel test because I was when I was watching it now I was thinking about the locker room scene uh when they're Mm. first in the locker room and they're basically just talking about the game and they're like I think it's also so funny because that scene is almost they've shot it in a way that you would normally portray like a male locker room a rocker room a male locker room (laughs) Uh, where it's such a it's like I don't know it's such a like not stereotypical female environment uh which I thought Mm. was like such an interesting take on it but yeah basically then they just talk about like football and talk about the game and the same thing I think when uh, Jules first approaches Jess they also just talk about like football which is basically their passion and their main interest in life Mm -hmm. so I think I think it would pass because for me boys don't really come into it like obviously there's a conversation about 
are you going to get married? Don't you want a boyfriend? But a lot of the dialogue is centered about, you know, like between her and her mom, like when are you going to learn to cook? Yeah. <laughs> and so there's loads of other bits where it's not about men. And I guess the same with the race factor test. There are so many moments in it where there are multiple Indian characters talking to each other about not white people. Hmm. I actually think there's more dialogue in the film that's not about white people than there is. So that's really nice because I, I think that's the first one we've reviewed so far that passes both of the tests. What I do really like about it is it represents what you see like every day. Mm. Like for me on a personal level, that's my life. There's no whitewashing. It's just, this is what happens. You talk to white people, you talk to brown people, you might talk yeah. to boys, you talk about other stuff. Like it's just... I think it's also such a good representation of London because that was sort of, sort of my impression when I moved here that it's like, it's such a like mixed city in terms of like the people who live here and how people like interact and who you hang out with. Like, and I feel like that is like, it's so, so well represented in the film as well. Mm. I think partly in the football team as well. They have like two black girls in the team I think yeah. it's Mel and one other girl that I don't think is mentioned um, mm-hmm. but then I guess it's predominantly white the other girls but I was thinking about that watching it that it's like for me this is like London sort of encapsulated in like in their house and like their area where they live it's like so good like when I used to live in Whitechapel uh, our neighbors was an Indian family that had like that kind of wedding like the week we moved in and I was like <laughs> so great yeah <laughs> It was a very long time ago that I first saw this film, but I remember being really excited about it because it was about girls liking football. And although I didn't like football, I did play it at primary school because I was too scared of a netball hitting me in the face. But I always identified a bit as like a tomboy, in air quotes, character. So for me, that's what was exciting about this film. And now as an adult, I've realised that for a lot of people, there's obviously a lot more to it than, than just the girls playing football. Yeah, but I think that could be like interpreted in so many ways, like the whole football thing. I think it's basically just like feeling unable to do something that you weren't necessarily uh, meant to do, like based on Mm. your gender. So I guess it could be applied to like literally any sports or any kind of activity or hobby you wanted to do as a kid, but maybe Mm. not was sort of socially accepted just based Mm. on your gender. Obviously for you, Amon, I realised when I was watching it the other night, I was like, oh, this is sort of Amon's life except not in London or playing football well I have to say actually growing up I played football and basketball and netball yeah I was quite sporty and I never felt like it was the boys sport I think maybe my school was apart from the basketball because I played it with boys and I Mm. went once and I never went again not because they didn't make me feel welcome I was like I'm too short like physically (laughs) (laughs) this isn't gonna work yeah but I think for me, it was the other bit. So it wasn't the football, but it was everything else I couldn't do because I was an, an Indian girl and Indian girls don't do that. So like mm. for her, it was really interesting because her parents were like, we let you play. We let you play and now it's time to grow up. And that's completely yeah. what happens. It's, you know, you're a teenager up until you get your A-levels. Now you go to university and you grow up. So grow out mm. of those things. They're not a long-term career option or you've had your fun. But that is generally what it's like to be an Indian girl. It's like you can do all the fun things while you're a child, but now you grow up, you have to grow out of them. Yeah. If you want to hold on to that, then you're childish. So, yeah. So for me, it was very much it represented what I couldn't do as an Indian girl or what I need to grow out of. But I have to say, I don't really think I appreciated it. 
as much as I watched watching it yesterday when I watched it again yeah. you know when you, I think you just like kind of get on with life and you're like oh you just accept things and I think as a teenager you don't question it but now as I've become an adult and I'm rebelling people would say that I now go oh I get the significance of that mm. yeah but yeah it was like well and you're going to get married in your 20s that was the constant thing is you go to university and you get married I think they mentioned in the film as well that now that Pinky's married Jess has to grow up and it's time for her to be a woman yeah so my sisters are waiting for me to get married to grow up no <laughs> 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 but it is it's like you're the next in line so it's time to grow up should we talk about Jess first I think for me Jess is Jess and she's a tomboy and when you're an Indian girl who's not girly because Pinky and her and all those girls those in it mm. like they classic <laughs> Indian girls and oh I was not a fan when I was growing up but, <laughs> but Jess didn't didn't like feel under pressure to be one of them she didn't enjoy mm. it like and I think that there's definitely a difference between the two groups of girls that they show. Oh, yeah. And so, yes. and what I really liked about Jess was that one, she's not also her skin coloring, but she's not fair, but she's not dark, but she's just normal. You know, like when mm. you watch Hollywood films, everyone's fair and beautiful and she is beautiful, but she's just her skin color. Does that, I don't, does that make sense? Like yeah. this thing. And that, and then also her hair, like it's always in a ponytail. Mm. And that's exactly how my hair was. And I, I have a bold patch because of how tight my fucking Oh my God, really? Yeah, that's why like my hair is always like... <laughs> it used to be like tight in a ponytail, but because that's how you had your hair. You, either, you were either a Jess or you were either a Pinky. That's literally mm. how it was. So for me... Oh, that's interesting. She was, she was me. And, and I think that's why it was so nice because she didn't wear makeup. She was just her. And then you've yeah. got who's like really girly, an in it girl, like a mean girl kind of, yeah. And there's no right or wrong, but it was just, one's always the bane of the other's life, aren't they, growing up? But yeah. it, for me, like, so if we were talking about the characters, I'd say they fell into two different categories. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that with like Pinky's friend group or like the mean, the mean girls, uh, when, <laughs> when they're like sitting on the bench and they're like, oh God, look at this, look at that guy with a six pack, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Jess, come over here. Um, and then after that, they talk, start talking like shit about each other and just like down talk each other. I was like, why? That's so unnecessary. Like, mm -hmm. that's what you do. That's exactly what happens. But you love yeah. each other. You just call each other out on their shit. I, I just thought about that so much. How like with Jess, like her sort of I guess her sisterhood that she feels with her football team is so genuine and so like they're just there for each other it's so like raw and sort of very genuine I guess and then with their mm. sort of friend group it felt like that was sort of deteriorates or like that was like a worse version of friendship which I was a bit like Mm, you know it just because they just came across so bitchy but they could have like just made them into like these amazing girls that just love to have sex and just sleep around with guys you know what I mean mm. like yeah that's exactly how women are Indian women yeah. are bitchy and I think so it's just how women are in general yeah like that's because that's also what we're hey now I'm a delight <laughs> <laughs> no, but I guess it goes back to like, you know, when you're a kid and the whole thing that you're always competing with the girls and you're always trying to put yourself yeah. in your best sort of, in your best light for the boys. Mm. Like you always try to impress the boys and you're always competing with the girls. So I guess that's just manifest like mm. in just being a woman in general. Can we talk about how old Joe is in the film? I don't know if we ever know, but I did 
when I was watching it the other day, I was like, hang on, Jess is maybe 18 at most yeah because she's just finishing her a-levels how old is this man who's working in a pub and coaching their football team and why is he getting with these teenage girls i just assumed he was like early 20s i think it's like 24 which isn't that bad because they are like yeah i guess so i I was just suddenly like wait hang on what's the age difference between these people um interestingly Kira Knightley, I think, was about 17 when this was filmed. And the woman who played Jess was 10 years older than her. Oh. Which blows my mind. You know why? Brown don't frown. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I've heard before. That's something that you're going to want cut out of the book. (laughs) No, I want to keep that in. So yeah, Jess and Jules have a falling out with each other over Joe. But other than that, I really enjoyed their friendship. It felt like Jules took Jess under her wing quite a lot and helped her out with... She seems to help her out with more girly aspects, like helping her get shoes for Pinky's wedding and when they were in Germany, calling up Mel to ask for an outfit, which I love that Mel happens to have like multiple clubbing outfits. (laughs) <laughs> this trip to Germany but she was like yeah I've got a whole wardrobe just come on in I'll sort you out yeah and even though they fell out with the whole Joe situation I feel like Jules got over that fairly quick like because mm. then they were like best friends and like at the end when they're saying goodbye at the airport when she's like hugging Joe she's like bye mate yeah. <laughs> I laughed so much at that so British so funny oh. yeah I found Kira Knightley's accent hilarious throughout the whole film because I think naturally her accent's a lot posher than that. So to hear her being like, what? No, mate. And all of that, I was like, that's hilarious. That's not your real accent. (laughs) That's you like being North Londoner. Shall we talk a little bit more about Pinky and her, the group of friends? Because as Amon was saying earlier, I found it really interesting how the girls were either really girly, really bitchy, or just tomboys mm. who didn't wear makeup and had their hairs in ponytail or short hair like Jules. And there was quite a lot at the start of the film where Pinky and Jess are going out to find Pinky's wedding dress because a friend of Pinky's has got a dress in the same colour as her. And she's like, well, now I can't wear this colour. I need to get a new dress. Yeah. And when she's like, oh, now she's wearing blue contacts. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. And the fakeness of them greeting the shop being like, oh, hey, babe. You're right. Oh, and then you know what? That's just so Indian. You always like, oh hi. And then inside you're like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> Anyone who listens to this podcast that is my friend, I'm like, uh <laughs> you're gonna be messaging you like, is our friendship real? Yeah. <laughs> All feminine, like the like being feminine is such an Indian thing. You have to be feminine. It's like girls are girls and if you are a little bit tomboyish then there's something wrong with you it's like like now so obviously the listeners don't know but I have a bob with a fringe mm. and my mum worries that I look like a lesbian and it's a and I'm and like <laughs> she's like oh you look boyish like have where's your long beautiful hair gone because the boys would like that like you need to look like a girl it's throughout the whole culture because I was reflecting on this yesterday even in Bollywood movies Indian Bollywood actresses all have long beautiful hair and if you have short hair then you're the rebellious one who's gone off to shame the family or whatever so it's embedded in our culture that that's what you are and then you have to be really girly girly and the whole Indian outfit thing 
you can never wear that well one you can't wear the same thing twice and two if someone else has anything similar to you god forbid like (laughs) how did your parents find your goth phase they really struggled with it because um i was like mediocre goth like i don't i wasn't like you goth shit goth no i wasn't good i was such i had like my glasses and my blonde hair and a ponytail and just was so meek and like just the least gothy looking person ever I had the baggy jeans and the chains and the top oh, yeah. but I and I had the like the dog collar oh yes yeah, sorry. but my hair I didn't really do like I didn't have eyeliner on because I wasn't really a makeup wearing goth they were just and they and Kerrang blaring from the tv <laughs> they just they were shocked they were genuinely genuinely worried because we talk about it now they were yeah. like she's lost her way and she's gonna fail in life I don't Mm. know why they suddenly made that conclusion (laughs) she's gonna fail in life (laughs) because of that dog collar she's gonna fail (laughs) (laughs) but if you think about it from their perspective they came into this country um not knowing like my mom was eight but and for her I only really thought about it, actually, because for her, her, that look was associated with what the punks and teddy boys that were being racist to her. Mm. Yeah. Her daughter dressing like those people and like being inspired by that fashion, not Mm. knowing the history of it. So she actually said she kind of was offended by it because she was worried that that's what I was going to go and become. I talk yeah. about that in the film as well when I think it's the mom who comes up to her room and she's like why do you have all these posters of this skinhead boy in your room yeah that's exactly what they associated it with like when she went to school they're the kind of kids that were pulling her hair shouting racist mm. abuse at them. and like my dad came into this country when he was 21 and he had that so for them they suddenly saw their child wearing those kind of clothes and I think they panicked mm. they were like they didn't see it as a fashion statement. And also they were like, we come into this country to give you a better life and work hard. <laughs> and now you're gonna fail in life. Are <laughs> you just listening to angry music and, yeah, and my mom wearing like, weird clothes? Really worried. Cause she was like, yeah, why, wh- what are you listening to? Like deaf tones and whatever. Like mm. they're just screaming. They're not yeah. even words. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess it's the same thing in the movie when I think it's when Jess talks to Joe or Jules like at her uh, football practice and she's like, but you wouldn't understand because th- this, the football mm. world is so far away from what they know or like what they come from. So that's why they're scared, basically, or that's why they they won't allow me to do it because it's they don't know about mm. it or they it's so far away from them. They also... um. Mr. Bamra actually talks about how I think it's when he played cricket he experienced a lot of racism and part of the reason he doesn't want Jess to play football is he doesn't want her to go through what he went through which made me so sad yeah I cried so that's exactly what happened to my dad my dad played hockey he played loads of sports but when he came here and he went to the hockey club he was told no what I really love about this film is that like that's everyone's experience. I think everyone Indian, everyone's Indian dad has had that experience. There was a really 
touching bit where both Jess's parents are sat up in their room and they're like, we've given everything to these girls. We've got them everything that they wanted. Why are they still, <laughs> what more do they want? And yeah. there was just that moment where they're, they're not just not quite understanding. And as you say, it's because they've they've come from a completely different world to what their kids are being brought up in. Well, my mum and dad did that the other day, just the other day with me. So oh. I'm... Again, for the listeners, I have my section pierced, with my, which my mum discovered. Oh, yes. Because uh, she was looking at my nose for some odd reason. And I could hear her in the kitchen. She was making, like, dinner, uh, making chapatis with my dad. And I could hear her going, what? How have we failed her? And oh. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm listening to this going, and, and my mum's going, what more could we have done for this girl? Like, we educated oh. her, fed them, but she's coming home. She's, you know, with her septum pierced and her nose pierced and, you know, her hair, look at it. And and then, because uh, we've got a little baby, my cousin, she's like, and also she keeps talking about how her kids are going to be gender neutral and they're going to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I could just hear her with my dad going, what have we, what more could we have done? And my dad's response was, she's 36. If she doesn't get it now, she's too thick to ever get it. Leave it. <laughs> It's interesting seeing Jules's family life with like her mum. And there are a couple of things that Jules says that I found, well, actually there are a couple of things that both Jules and Jess say that I found quite interesting. One of them is Jess says, Jules is so lucky her mum and dad must really support her. And then the next scene is Paula being really annoyed with Jules because she's still into football. And I think she says, all I'm saying is there's a reason why Sporty Spice is the only one without a fella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also love the Spice Girls soundtrack throughout when, when they're in the club and it's both like Mel C and then Victoria Beckett. Like, so good. Yeah. I love the soundtrack for this soundtrack film. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there is a, a thing about the grass is always greener because yeah. what Jess doesn't see is her family is really supportive of her because they care so much that she's not making the wrong decision and trying to protect her. So they're supporting mm. in a different way. Whereas Jules's mom is trying to protect her from, you know, like... Okay. The, you need to be yeah, not to be gay and that you need to be feminine and you know because her mom's very feminine isn't she yeah and I guess also like with her mom I think for her like a in this case straight relationship is the cure to maybe like uh, loneliness mm. or like having any kind of connection to the world and that's why she really pushes Jules to like pursue any kind of love interest with any kind of boy because I think that is like her view on life like she's very sort of homely and like her sort of world is basically her marriage and her kid I guess so it's just I guess just her projecting what she thinks would benefit her daughter in the same way sort of as Jess parents does I guess yeah because it's funny because when you first meet Paula and Jules it's in the bra shop yeah yeah I was gonna I was gonna bring that up actually the the underwear shopping I thought that was oh so no funny. darling not the sports bras <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's a that is still a big cultural thing like eastern or western is you know boys or settling down and getting married because it ultimately that's a girl's function is to, you know, mm. without a boy, how are you feeling validated? A mm. boy, you know, if a boy doesn't fancy you, what's wrong with you? Or why are you not making mm. yourself a, like appealing to boys? Yeah. 
the ones with our boobs out and have them pumped up you know or wearing the floral sandals. yeah but also speaking of this when they're uh, having their saris fitted and pinky oh God, like yeah. make it tighter make it tighter blah 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 and the mom is like no you shouldn't show that much of yourself like come on and then when Jess is like having her fitted she was like make it loose and then she's like no you have to show off something and it's just a yeah. double standard of like well you have one daughter that really wants to show her body just let her do it and like the mm. yeah so I guess it's the same thing with like Jules and her mom in the shop being yeah the whole thing about just being like looking pleasing mm. modest but attractive the double standard basically mm-hmm. there's a great line in that sorry fitting where the dress fitter says even these mosquito <laughs> nights will look like juicy juicy mangoes <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and like jess's face when she hears it is just, like just so done with this Can I go, please? going back to jules's mum a bit i found her character really interesting in that i think she seems to represent what a lot of people who don't think they're racist are like or who don't think they're homophobic are like because yes basically everything she says I felt like myself cringing oh Jules your Indian friend is here yes, and she's yes. Like, oh Jess I met Curry the other day I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> wow but then sometimes I find myself because like I messaged Amman about some mango chutney the other day. I was like, was that really tokenistic and not okay? Because I didn't message any of my other friends about it. I just thought she'd find it funny. My my landlord did it the other day. So a couple came from, in, like Indian couple came to view the flat. And he said to them, oh, are you from India? He's like, they were like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I love myself a lambuna. And I was literally <laughs> like, oh my God. It just everything she says to her is I mean I guess it's not very subtle to us but for a lot of people they'd be like well what's wrong with that oh my god you get it all the time the number of times I've walked into a department and like oh are you not are you not like getting an arranged marriage or have your parents not set you up with someone and the worst is so pharmacy in hospital pharmacies lots of Indian girls and there was one lady I used to work with uh she'd be like oh my god hey Archna I was like I'm not Archna and she's like oh my god hey Amon and I was like we're not the same oh you all look the same to me and would walk off because she genuinely genuinely did not think she was doing anything wrong Mm. Um, and I was like oh I feel like calling you like Jan but your name's Sandra like you know like people like that don't feel like they're doing anything wrong Mm. and she does similar stuff with like how anxious she is that Jules is gay and because part of her you can see she's really worried because there's that scene where she's talking about like oh it's awful what they did to George Michael (laughs) and she's just like really worried that people are going to be horrible to her which you can understand as a parent that you don't want your child to suffer but then at the same time because at this point she thinks that Jules and Jess are in a relationship and they turn up at Pinky's wedding, Jules and Paula. And Paula walks up to her and is like, how can you be such a hypocrite, be respectful with your lot when I know you've been kissing my daughter and then sees that Jess is wearing her shoes. And it's like, get your lesbian feet out of my shoes. And I was like, I don't think you're okay with your daughter being gay. I mean, she's not, but oh my God. She would rather her daughter fight about a boy then mm. happy with a girl like it was really yeah I have to say her dad handled it well mm. yeah I really liked her dad I mean there was a bit where he was like to be honest if she doesn't want to be chasing boys and she'd rather be playing football then I'm more than happy for her to do that I think that is also interesting because I think 
normally when you see this kind of situations portrayed in like films it would usually be the dad that freaks out about their kid being gay not the mom in the same sense because the moms are usually portrayed as being like the understanding mm. and sort of I guess more caring whilst in this case like the dad was more of the caring parent I would say because mm. he really understood his daughter and he really wanted to I mean sort of in the same way with Jess as well it was in the end it was like her dad that actually wanted to like support mm. her and it felt like he sort of believed in her all the way but it was he just needed that like last sort of push of being like yeah she's gonna make it I wonder if it would be different if Jules was a man and was they thought that she was gay. Like whether her mum would be like, it's fine, it doesn't matter. And whether her dad would then be more like, no, I can't have a gay son. I think there's something interesting between like mothers and daughters sometimes. I don't know whether it's because being the same gender, you put more pressure on that child to be like, when I was your age, I was doing this. And whereas if you're like a mother looking after a boy, that's a completely different creature. <laughs> But I guess this is also how it is that you put so much pressure on girls and you restrict girls so much mm. in that sense of like what they can do and what they can't do. Mm. Is it worth mentioning Jess's scar? I was I was thinking about Jess's scar because I don't know if it's like early in the film where I, I don't know if it's her mom mentioning that she's like, I don't want you to like showing off your legs to anyone. And then I thought it was more like, be modest, like don't show yourself. Mm. But then obviously she shows her scar and maybe that is why. But maybe it's both. No, it's <laughs> Aman is shaking her head. <laughs> no, it's, it's not it that. It's not just deep it. It's interesting that you mentioned the scar because for me, that wasn't just about the scar. That was about the fact that her mom and dad had to work really hard and her mom wasn't home uh, when she hurt herself because she was cooking her own dinner and that's how she... Her has like she burnt her leg right because of the baby, mm-hmm. but that maybe I maybe I have t- done a completely different take and I looked at it for so different because I get it like I was left at, uh, as a ten year old to look after three kids under the age mm-hmm. of ten. Like, social services would be should could have been <laughs> my parents, but yeah. I think maybe that's what the director was trying to get through rather than. But also, there's a scar issue because anyone would be embarrassed by the scar, right? Mm. Uh, like, and also with Joe, he was like, I get it. Here's my much smaller yeah. scar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a bit gnarly, but it's not, it's not the same degree as hers. <laughs> Although he does then say later on, which is something I wanted to bring up briefly, that he played through an injury because he wanted to prove to his dad he wasn't soft. And that's how he ended up having to have an operation on his knee. And I thought it was interesting they mentioned that toxic masculinity, just yeah. not in those words because that's what that was and he also mentions like oh if I told my dad I was coaching a girls team he'd laugh and it's interesting that Jess is like well how do you know that you haven't told him so you don't know how he will react yeah and that he in the end he tells his dad but it doesn't really I don't think he ever says like how did how that went mm. like he's just like yeah I told my dad but maybe that's not important I don't know there's a lot in the film where he I can't think of the right words but he's always there's so many times that he's like I know how you feel I understand it almost seems like he could be a character that she made up in her head to help her get through these difficult things (laughs) I know he's not but it almost felt more like he was a supporting role for her to help her through stuff there's also something a bit sad in like I think why both Jules and Jess like falls in love with him is because he just shows them any kind of support 
like mm-hmm. and that's basically their criteria of someone that likes you or you know like and I think that just shows that they haven't had any kind of support like for their like biggest hobby ever mm. in terms of that so I just thought that was so sad as well when I think they're talking about it and Jess is like yeah I just wish I could find like an Indian boy that was like Joe <laughs> uh, and I was like well just because he's like your coach and like believes in you that doesn't mean like he's a good guy I don't know yeah if you look at her reference of boys they are they're a dickhead yeah, that's like that's all it's ever going to be. Guys that take the piss out of her for being a footballer. And the only yeah. guy that supports her is gay. Yeah, mm. that's true. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, um, no, Jess, I really no, like David Beckham. Yeah, there's no straight <laughs> men. They are also only 18. Like, yeah. Even boys are idiots at 18. Like, I think that's also so beautiful with her friend Tony. Like, in the end, when he sort of, uh, he's, he, his only solution to uh, how Jess could go and do the scholarship or this football scholarship in uh, America is for them to get married, which would mean obviously he's him giving up a lot of his future. And like, I think that was just so beautiful. I was like, wow. Then, in a way, it would work out for both of them. Exactly. He can't tell his family that he's gay. Well, he thinks he can't. Mm. And so he was, he's always constantly going to get pressure to get married. So why not just get married for convenience in that situation? Yeah. Mm. Which I think is really sweet. It is. But there is a whole thing. There's a cultural thing of if you're married, you can do whatever you want. So my parents always used to say to me, you can cut your hair when you get married. You can go on holiday when you get married. You can do whatever you want when you get married. <laughs> it's like, I want a tattoo. Well, get a tattoo when you get married. Uh, then then I got married and then it was like uh, why are you doing that because like (laughs) I got married and then when I got divorced and now my dad said to me the other day so like it's all fun like it's all well and good that you're living your life and you've got this job but when are you actually gonna get married and like live your life properly because he's like you you can cut your hair grow your hair to get a man then cut it because you'll be married because <laughs> it'll be all right because you're right that but literally they put so much like onus mm. on that you're married so it's fine mm. wow. indian thing like for her it's okay she's her husband's letting her play football mm. it's fine yeah that's really sad that is sad but then you have like our, my generation that are like telling our parents mm, no actually not that's not the case yeah oh can we just touch on tony's being gay because mm. I think it's incredible, like a film in that generation, you know, what is 2002, um, mm-hmm. and being gay wasn't a thing in Western or culture either, right? It was like, look yeah. at Jules's mum. But I think the fact that she made him gay, I think is really powerful. And it yeah. was, there was no negativity with, I know he didn't tell his friends, but it wasn't in a, oh my God, like you're gay. It was just, and I felt like that strengthened their relationship so much as well. Like as a viewer, you're like, wow they're so understanding and they just like they just love each other like they must Mm. be such good friends like yeah and they were just so supportive of of each other like obviously her with his sexuality and like him with her (laughs) secret hobby Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I felt like they had similar reactions to each other's romantic lives for one way of putting it like when Tony tells Jess that he's gay she's like I'll be your Indian and then later on, he she's like, no, don't worry, I won't tell anyone. He was like, well, that's fine. I won't tell anyone about your white boyfriend. Except <laughs> he uses the word Gura. Gura. Yeah, Gura means Gura. Me. Yeah. And I like that it's kind of like, 
you're not meant to have a white boyfriend and I'm not meant to be dating men (laughs) but here we are (laughs) yeah I also love how he tells her he's gay no I really like Beckham (laughs) I really like Beckham (laughs) the last thing I briefly wanted to say because I thought it was quite interesting is at one point in the locker room Jess says Indian girls don't play football or something like that or they're not meant to and Jules says well it's not just Indian girls no one comes to see us play I I just found that quite interesting because it's only in the last however many years that women's football has really taken off Mm. and as a kid seeing this for the first time I don't think it really registered with me that it's weird that women don't play sports professionally. That's just how it was. Men played football and rugby and it, it didn't really occur to me that women could and should do that too. Yeah. Even though that's what this whole film's about. Yeah, no, definitely. I I so I watched the last World Cup, uh, which was the women's World Cup. It probably wasn't the last World Cup, but yeah, it was, I guess it was like two years ago or something. And I just found that like, I'm not very into football, but uh, I watched that because obviously it was women's football. So I felt like I had to watch it and I got very emotional because it felt like I have never seen, it was like the first time women's football was screened on like big TV network. Mm. Like it has, you've always had to like watch it on like some dodgy, you know, yeah, sub channel somewhere. But this was like mm. the first time it was like screened properly and people could actually watch it. And it got so much traction as well because people just love World Cups, you know. And then I read up so much about, because obviously I was rooting for the Swedish national team. Uh, and then I read so much about, also the goalkeeper in the Swedish team is called Hedvig. So uh, I just felt very close to, to the... but then yeah and then I started to read about like how you know like how all except I guess the states because the states have like a big women's league in terms of football but like Mm. in the rest of the world female like women's football is is not big at all most women have to have like a secondary job like you have to yeah Mm. and also that Jules mom refers to that when she's like oh and you know that the captain of this team she's also a math teacher and she's married and I was and then I was thinking that's probably not because she wants to do that it's because she have to do that like because obviously they they probably get like a hundredth of the salary of what the men get so I just thought that was so interesting that for her that was like a perk being able to have another job and also being married and like having a family whilst I was just thinking well that's not like you obviously obviously should be paid so you can have that as your full-time job it's interesting that you found that emotional because I, and this is a film I'd like to do on the podcast, but when I first saw Wonder Woman and possibly several of the other times I've seen it since, that scene where she goes into no man's land on her own and all of those men are firing at her makes me cry basically every time. Because I'm like, <laughs> this woman is fighting all of these men on her own. <laughs> and it's not even like the best film for women. Yeah. But I think because I'd never seen that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I, don't ever I, think, get to see I think that's women it. Do that. Yeah, I think that is it. You never get women. You never see women do that. And that was also like I felt so emotionally invested in all the games, and it also felt like responsible as well when they were doing bad. I was like, "They're letting, <laughs> you know, they're letting down my gender." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant you were going to start going into like wearing lucky underwear or having like weird rituals around it in in case you can influence the because a lot of people do that don't they they're like no I have to do this a certain way because it's game day and if I don't they'll lose yeah I thought you were going to tell me you were going into that no not it didn't go that far 
but I felt <laughs> the first time in my life I felt I could relate it relate to people that are very into sports like that you mm. get emotionally invested in something because I think I could just feel like how much this was worth like how much they were actually putting into this and especially since it was such a big event compared to what it has been before and it felt like they needed to prove themselves because otherwise it's like well go back to you know what you used to do before like this is not mm. your arena this is just for men yeah is it in Brazil that they've signed a equal pay agreement with football men and women football I have no idea but that's really cool yeah yeah like so there's definitely movement happening yeah because men are starting to take football seriously aren't they women's football mm. yeah I remember seeing reading I think it might have been in Cosmo or something like that years ago there was an article about how we like women need to start going to games and like supporting women's sports because without people turning up none of the like big sponsors or big tv companies will take it seriously I remember reading it being like I'm, just, I'm not really that bothered about sports <laughs> but having said that I do like rugby yeah and I should try harder with that is there anything else anyone wants to say about the film before we go on to rating it yes so <laughs> yes here's my list <laughs> I have a list and I just- you know, I know we talked about Joe, and I, but there was just one thing that when she first joined the football team, he said to her, are your parents okay with it? And I found it a really interesting question. Did he ask the other girls, are your parents okay with it? Or is it because you're an Indian girl? That yeah. Well, obviously, I'll never know the answer, but I wrote yeah. that down because I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. And I guess it's also it's different if you're 14. But I think she she I think she must be 18 because they go to like clubs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's supposed to be like of legal age. So that is a weird question to ask. Yeah. And he also says, I think it's that first day is like, oh, I've never I didn't know Indian girls liked football, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, He said Indian girls don't play football. Mm. Oh, I've never seen an Indian girl into football. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But one thing I also thought about was why was he so anti? Like, why was he so angry with her? Like when she first joined the team, you know, when he was like, oh, "Why did you find her?" And she was like, <laughs> "He clearly thinks that this football team is amazing. Like, she didn't have football boots. She was a bit mm-hmm. amateur, you know." And I, I bet you, he didn't take her seriously. Yeah, because she was an Indian girl. Like Indian girls don't play football. Definitely. I also thought about that with that situation. That is also like a class perspective because she showed up in like a non sort of I guess conventional like football gear she didn't have football shoes or whatever and then you're just seen as less professional but she was like probably one of the best in the teams it turned out later Mm. on and then if he had like turned her down whatever just became because of her sort of lack of gear or whatever like Mm. yeah yeah it's it's I mean I guess without Jules there recommending her I can picture him easily just turning her away and being like, no. Definitely. And then the other boys, I know we haven't really talked about them, but just, Mm. they're so sexist. They're so... Yeah. (laughs) Everything they say is just seems to be about boobs or... They're basically just about boobs. Yeah. Yeah, Because at one point they're like, oh, look at the breasts on her. I don't think they say breasts. I think they say something... Hits yeah slang <laughs> but like oh like look at the boobs on her like don't they get in the way when she's playing and I think Tony then says like why can't you guys just see them as footballers yeah 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 I'm sorry. Oh, totally. well like yeah and they're like is, are you gonna chest it are you gonna chest it like what is yeah. your boobs 
Like I know. So gross. Yeah. But the, I think they're a good representation of I think all of us have known boys like that, like at school and in our lives. Oh I hate teenage boys. <laughs> so sorry for any teenage boys listening, but oh just some of my least favourite. Teenage boys and groups of men are my least favourite of the XY category. <laughs> but I was thinking about that, how, like, the boys that are represented in the film, like, when Pinky, she's like, there's so many great, like, Indian guys. Like, there's so... And mm. the, the, the Indian boys, you see, are, like, literally the guys she plays football with. And also that guy that's sort of, I guess, trying to, like, seduce her at the wedding party. Oh, yeah. There's always a creepy like boy uncle at these Indian wedding. This is why I love this film because Gurinder Chudder has like literally got it all spot on. There's always mm. that, and I'm sure you get it at white weddings, the creepy man is like eyeing you up and you're like, Ugh, like go away. Yeah. And it's so funny as well, like in the next day when they're having the wedding party, like he's like, I think it's the same guy, like making out with a woman in the toilet. Yeah. And also when like I don't know whether it was Pinky or like the girls that she was pitchy to earlier, but when they're checking out the boys, all they're talking about are physically what they look like, yeah. not anything like to do with their personality. And I mean those boys, their personality was shit, so I guess it's probably for the best. But it's interesting when Pinky's then saying to Jess, like, oh, there are so many good Indian men. Right. I mean, I'm sh- I was about to say, are there? And then that seems like I'm just hating on all men. But what it meant was like... But like in their group. Yeah. Yeah, and also she's looking for something different to what Jess is looking for. Yeah, yeah exactly. My, I would I would say, are there? But no, there are. There are, but... Yeah. <laughs> you can say that, though. I just sound like I'm being hateful <laughs> and racist. Because I'm like, are there any good Indian men? I don't think so. No, there, I'm there, sure there are. are. I'm sorry. Shall we rate the Hmm. film? I'm really excited about this because I think it's going to score quite highly because all of the other films we've done have got like a one or a two on the intersectional scale. What are we thinking for like the portrayal of women out of five? So I'm really biased and I'm just going to say five because Jess is strong. As much as there's cultural pressure, she still does what she wants to do with the support Mm. of a male friend. You know, like actually there's a really good friendship there the mum is a strong lady. Mm. I know we haven't really talked about her much, but she is strong. I think the females in that film are not what you would put, see as an Indian woman. Like, you know, like some, I think Indian women are seen as like quite meek and mild, but they mm. all strong and sassy, you know, and then Jules as well. Like, again, there's a whole female football team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and actually, I think whilst we do obviously have Mr. Bamra and he does stay a lot in the film, you, you see far more female characters like Pinky and obviously her mom and even when Pinky's fiance's parents come in it's the mom who does all of the talking and then like shoves the dad out the door at the end and is like we're leaving go <laughs> yeah. So, yeah I have to say I felt like this could probably be a 10 out of 10 because yeah yeah I agree oh, okay I'm so glad we all agree no I would <laughs> say that as well I love this film yeah, yeah. it's so good it's so and it feels like it holds up really well I mean other than when Jess says to those the pinky girls like we're not all slags like you guys and <laughs> yeah. I was like all right Jess <laughs> come on <laughs> but like other than that it holds up really well and mm. it still feels like there's a lot of value to watching it yeah and 
thinking about the time it came out as well and I mean as a white girl I didn't realize like how important it was to have representation for Indian people I was just excited that girls were playing football and that they were allowed to do things that boys did but I think that in itself is what's great about this film mm. that whether you're Indian or white or whatever it resonated with you in your own way mm. Mm. yeah one thing that I thought about though with we, mm. we haven't really touched upon that like we haven't really talked about appearance I guess mm. but oh yeah but I feel like all the women except for like the older people they're not like conventionally beautiful but all the like younger women are very attractive like they're all very sort of you know slim and, mm. and very sort of like they're beautiful all of them yeah I could forgive the slimness because they're playing football yeah true but yeah I guess I, I don't think they were wearing makeup a lot of the time which was quite nice like we were true. saying earlier with Jess in a ponytail and stuff and Kira Knightley's naughty's wardrobe is hilarious it's so much I'm like oh my god she was clubbing I was with how is she like keeping I know she's probably not got big boobs but like Mm. how do you keep that up like I know it looks like it was kind of almost like a napkin that was just around <laughs> her neck and then just hanging down also and I don't want to shame Mel but I felt like the outfit Mel gave to Jess was far superior to what Mel ended up wearing to the car. I was like Mel why did you give your best clothes away the wardrobe in there is funny because actually funny enough a lot of it we wear now I can see myself wearing more of what like Jess wears yeah not what Pinky and her friends are wearing. There was a bit, I think Jess was wearing tracksuits that zip up at the bottom. And I was like, oh my God, I remember that being a naughty thing. And what was the point in that? Because it didn't zip up all the way. It was just a tiny like zip that went up to your ankle. <laughs> it's just... it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but also the sleeveless hoodie. I mean, I had a sleeveless yeah. hoodie. Mm. Mm. I, the bandana that Jules has on quite a lot, I used to like because that's Club 7 wore things like that. <laughs> So, <laughs> I quite like that and also like the the really low cut jeans yeah. and the, like the amount of torso Jules has on show I was like oh my oh my god you must yeah. be so cold yeah it's a lot of skin mm. yeah cool so 10 out of 10 for Bend It Like Beckham Thanks for listening, feminist friends. And thanks again to Aman and Hedvig for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to get involved in the chats, then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Feminism. Real spell R-W-E-L. And we'll be back in your ears in two weeks' time when we'll be discussing The Terminator. Woohoo! Until then, bye!